listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the Church of Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So, enjoy the commute, and thanks for listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Well, Chris, here we are, another episode. I've had an adventurous last 24 hours. Oh, yeah? Well, I, I hear you are a official vaccine recipient. Yes. Uh, actually, not just the first. I had my second shot uh, uh, two days ago. Yeah? Yeah, I was pretty good for uh, about 27 hours. Uh-oh. And then, boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'd heard some people say, hey, it, it, it hits you like a train wreck, and they were saying that before I'd reached that point, and I went, I'm, I'm good. You know, this is pretty good. But um, And then it derailed. Well, I started getting chills and uh, left left work about an hour early, went home. Um, my hands were freezing. I wore gloves on the way home, you know, and then I, <laughs> I got home and, um, I, you know, got in my recliner, and I put two blankets on. I left my shoes on. I was sitting there for two hours. I went ahead and watched a movie. Um, um, Jason Bourne, you know, really good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, had gloves on and two blankets for a couple of hours. It was just like wow. I was freezed. I had chills for, for that long. But it came on It came on so fast, I didn't think to take any um, Tylenol or anything like that. Maybe that was part of my problem. <laughs> and just for clarity, it was about 65 degrees yesterday <laughs> here. I mean, it did get down into the low 40s late last night, but... Uh-huh. Two pairs of gloves. Oh, yeah. And, you know, my house, it does have insulation and a roof, so it, it should well, have been relatively should have been, stable you know, temperature. And, so, yeah, anyway. That, man, but anyway. That sounds awful. <laughs> so it was, what's, what was cool, though, is uh, about 9 o'clock last night, just went away. So Wow. And I got up this morning. Uh, we're recording on a Friday morning, came to our men's breakfast, and so um, everything's good today. Good. That's good. So so go get your shot. Yeah. So it sounds like that was that you you didn't receive a placebo. It was an active vaccine. Oh, <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> Not that I've heard of that happening. Anywhere. That's right. I just want to be clear. Right. Yeah. Only in the test group. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Well, Jay, I uh, saw a recent blog post from you that I thought was pretty awesome, and I, I felt like we should uh, should chat about it. Yeah. I wrote one called "Being Seen Touches the Heart," and one interesting thing is that. Um, you know, uh, my former ministry assistant used to talk about this a, a good bit as far as seeing people and it, how it matters to people to know that somebody notices them in some way. And so we're going to talk about that. But um, I thought it was a good time to talk about that. COVID has been really rough on us. Uh, you know, I think some of us are aware of how rough it's been. Others, um, you know, not not so aware of, of that. But we all know it's been a challenge to our groups. Um, mm. Our groups have been trickling back. Um, you know, we recently did a snapshot, which is uh, an electronic form we ask all of our small group leaders to do. And, um, you know, so half of our groups are on campus, half off. And so uh, looks like about two-thirds of our groups are back to meeting in person. And that doesn't necessarily mean that two-thirds of those people, you know, all of our people are back. Um and we've been we've had good numbers with even our groups meeting by Zoom or other uh, virtual means. They're um, you know they've been good at keeping up with one another, but um, we literally haven't seen people. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's one guy that was on my leadership team, and he's an elder here. I haven't laid eyes on him other than Zoom 
for for a year, you know, and I come to think of it, two guys <laughs> that that, that uh, and I'm sure there are lots of other people we haven't seen. And you know, every Sunday in the lobby, I run into people. You know, they're kind of looking around. Of course, we occupied a new building while people were out for COVID, mm-hmm. and so I see people kind of looking at everything. And they're people I know, and and I'm going, oh, this is your first time back. So that's kind of funny. It definitely feels like that. Uh, I mean, our group has been back in person, but there's still roughly a third that mm-hmm. is still remote in Zoom, and I'm I'm cool with that. But when we did have a couple of families come back in person uh, over the past couple of weeks, and it was very strange. It was like a glorious moment to see them in person, and you haven't seen them in a year, and everybody else is looking at you like you see them every week on Zoom. You know, but it's mm-hmm. in person is totally different. I think we should talk talk about that a little bit. Yes. Yep. Um, one other interesting thing, the CDC, I hear, is about to change the recommended distance with masks from six feet to three feet. So maybe hmm. that'll maybe that'll help uh, help some of our on-campus groups and off-campus groups um, be a little bit more comfortable. But anyway, not to get too far in the weeds with that. Let's let's talk about being seen. So the blog post again was titled "Being Seen Touches the Heart." Very cool. Very cool. So you might be asking. What does it mean when we say the word seen? Um, quite frankly, you matter. And you matter to me, which means you matter to God. Um, you could say that inversely, you matter to God, which means you matter to me. Um, and so I think it's just very important for us to hear those words, um, to hear that you matter. And being seen just just warms the heart because you can actually have that uh, face-to-face conversation about how much you matter to me. Hmm. So I think we need to, you know, as believers, we want to reflect the heart of God. And there's a story in the Bible that when I thought about writing the blog that really jumped out at me, and it's a story of of Hagar. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that that story, but God had made Abraham a promise that he would bless him and that he would, would multiply him into a great nation. And uh, there's a little bit of lack of faith <laughs> along the way because the time between that promise and the um, the fulfillment of that promise uh, was quite a few years. And so one of the things I really uh, love, we'll get to this in a minute, but um, God, God sometimes asks us questions when He knows the answer. He's asking the question for our benefit. And, and I like it when, when Hagar was out in the wilderness and God asked her, where have you come from and where are you going? This same God who asked her, where she had come from, turned around and told her, by the way, you're pregnant. <laughs> so, so I thought that was, you know, sometimes there are funny things in the Bible. But, um, you know, the the promise of a child hadn't um, hadn't come yet. And so, um, you know, Sarah, Abraham's wife, and we're using their uh, given names that'll, that'll come soon, but not there yet. Um, so... You know, Sarah has a plan, you know, since that hadn't been filled. Hey, God, let me help you out. Um, and gave her uh, mistress to um, to Abraham to sleep with and have a child. And so anyway, so uh, and then there was jealousy that was involved in that. And um, Abraham said to Sarah, well, we'll do whatever you want to with Hagar. And so, uh, you know, they Sarah treated her bad and she wound up running away. And uh, we're going to pick up in uh, Genesis 16, verse 9, and I'll just read this. Um, and Anyway, um, 
Hagar is out in the wilderness at this point. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you're now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. This son of yours will be a wild man, an untamed and wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. Um, Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? So that well was named Be'er Lahai Roy, which means well of the living one who sees me. It can still be found, as of the writing of this book, between uh, Kadesh and Bered. And anyway, I just mm. thought that was cool. And I was thinking in my life of times when people have, have seen me and how much it meant. And this sort of can tie back to last week when we were talking about uh, talking with Nate Farrow about ministry to people and the present, our presence is just worth so much to people, just being there. And so God, in essence, came to be here with um, with Hagar in, in her time of need. And um, I remember when I was in college, you know, it's not often that we lose a friend we just graduated with, but um, I had a friend who had had a had a disease and wound up, uh, she passed away about, you know, two months after graduating from college. And it was just a really traumatic event for our circle of friends. And I remember being at her parents' house. They lived out in the country. And I was standing at the back fence, barbed wire fence, looking into their um, to their field and just coping with all of that and, and trying to get myself together. And, um, you know, another friend of ours came up and just put their arm around me and um, – just that physical act meant so much to me. I mean, I can go back there. I mean, it's been, what, <laughs> you know, 40 years, 38, 40 years, and I can just go back to that place in my mind like it just happened. And um, just the love I felt for that person who saw me and reached out. And here we have um, have Hagar looking at God, and it means so much that she renamed the place. So it was her, her barbed wire fence place, you know. So. <laughs> That's such a good story. Um, <clears throat> you know, we... We talk about we talk about people that we encounter and that we're with and that we live life with, and um, even if it's just for a moment, uh, their lives impact us in ways we, we can really never imagine. Mm-hmm. And we always, if not often, make the mistake of not letting them know that. Right, um, and I think that's critical. Uh, that people that are important to us, even though they may not know that. Um, that they feel that mm-hmm. because we're we're all important to God. We're we're called by Him. We're His people, um, and His love for us is unconditional, and it, it will never ever end, regardless of how far we fall off. Yeah. Um, Why are we hesitant to tell people that? I'm I'm wondering. I'm I'm growing in that in the last few years. Um, you know, with, with some people here at Brook Hills that just they're comfortable saying, I mean, one guy to another, "Hey, I love you," mm-hmm. and I, that's really started me on a being more open. I mean, I'm not making gray strides yet, but I'm making a few <laughs> small strides. And just this week, I was emailing somebody that I uh, served with at a, at a former church. And um, um, I just thought about all we'd been through. And I, during the email, I just said, hey, I want you to know your friendship 
blesses my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is I've smacked my chair into the chair. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing for us is there's a, uh, there's a confidence level that, well, I should say it almost feels like you're, you're still in the honeymoon phase or the dating phase of the friendship. I know that sounds awkward to say, but, <laughs> um, but you, you're afraid to say, Hey, Hey brother, love you, man, because you're afraid of how they're going to take it. But but why? Yeah. It's oh, such a compliment, such a loving thing to say. Um, and if and it's meant to encourage, it's not meant to make someone feel awkward. It's mm-hmm. meant to encourage them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the recipient probably then feels the pressure. Love you too. Yeah. You know, there's a funny comedian um, that I love to listen to that makes a running joke about responding with the same thing. Like when he was boarding an airplane, flight attendant said, uh, or leaving, actually departing the airplane, the flight attendant said, uh, you know, have a great day and, you know, hope you had a great flight. And his response was, oh, yeah, you too. You know, so he just kind of <laughs> keeps responding with that. And yeah. so anyway, I probably didn't do that justice. But anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, when, when when you tell someone you love them, it's it's you're genuinely saying, hey, man, love you. Mm-hmm. You're not saying it so that they'll say it back to you. Right. And mm-hmm. um, I think that fear of them saying it back and then there being yeah, this true. awkward that moment. Yeah. But we have to get past that. Yeah. Well, let's take this into a uh, small group world. And um, how can we see people? How can we show people that they're valued to us, knowing that that helps them take spiritual steps? It helps connect them to our group, helps connect them to us, helps connect them to our church, helps connect them ultimately to God, which is one reason it's so important that we see people. And one simple thing that we do anyway, but sometimes we need to slow down and get a real answer after we ask it, but just ask the people in our group, how are you doing? And Mm. um, I've heard some people before say, they change it and go, how are you doing? Really? (laughs) Because we always go, oh, I'm fine. Or right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. That's that's a hard question, okay? Um, Because... It's a natural question, like it just comes out before you even think about it, you're saying it. Uh, but you you don't want to be passive in their response, um, and so you have to plan for that. You have to have you have to force yourself to make time um, because you legitimately want to know how they're doing, and that maybe everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, it's not, mm-hmm. and there's a whole lot more that you need to sit and listen to. That's right. So important to ask that question, though. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great to tell people that uh, that we're praying for them. Of course, if you have actually prayed for them, yeah, you know, well. do, do not lie about that. <laughs> but uh, it's important to do. And um, you know, sometimes I ask people, "Hey, how can I pray for you?" Because that's a lot different than "Hey, how are you doing?" This is asking for something that's like a continued effort kind mm-hmm. of thing. And um, I hear people all the time struggling with, uh, "Oh man, I." You know, ask somebody how I can pray for them, then I, I forget or whatever. Um, I stumbled on, on an app a couple of years ago, and I loved it so much I researched a few others. Um, the two that I hear most here at Brook Hills, um, an app called Echo, mm-hmm. which is uh, r- really nice. And I actually landed on one called Prayer Mate. And what I can do if I, if somebody, if I ask somebody how I can pray for them and they give me an answer, I can pull that app out and just enter that prayer request, and I've got a way that I enter that so that – I'm, I'm going to see it the next morning when I when I pray, and so I've got different categories in the app. I can switch that to like um, you know family. All of them come up every day. Um, small group leaders I pray for. You know I tell it to give me four of those a day, and you, so you can categorize it like that. But hmm. um, the new ones I enter, I'm going to see them the next morning, and so yeah. 
It's uh, if you're That's looking really cool. for a way, or just use a Google Doc or or a index card. You yeah. know, organize your prayer life in some journal. way so that you remember it. <laughs> journal. Yeah, right. yeah. I use the Notes app on my phone as well. That's um, cool. It's just a very simple way to do it. But having the reminders, having that uh, repeated to you, is is very beneficial. Um, I think probably one of the coolest things that I ever have experienced as a small group leader is um, having one of my members uh, explain to me how he kept a journal of the prayer requests that he and his wife and his kids would pray over or would talk about um, for years. And he would use that journal to go back and show and demonstrate to his kids how God answers prayers. We know God answers prayers three ways. Yes, no, and not right now. Um, And so just the ability for him to show that to his children, uh, we adopted that principle in our small group. And, um, and I think this is one of the most important ways that we can love on our small group members um, mm. is to just follow up on a prayer request. Yeah. Just doing that one thing. Um, you're reminding your small group member that you care, that you've prayed for it. Uh, you're generally concerned. Um, and it just, it just, it's a, it's a wonderful feeling for that member to, mm. to know that you're thinking about them. Yeah. And sometimes I'll send out a few texts while I'm doing my prayer time, just send a text to somebody, Hey, I'm praying for you. And I, I think that means a lot. I, I tell you, I didn't know how much it meant until some of those people started telling me how that text came at just the right time, and it really made their day. And I'm going, really? I mean, it was just—it <laughs> was a short prayer and a quick text, and um, but it it meant so much to people to be remembered. And thought, wow, I need to keep that practice up. And so um, I try to do that. You know, when I go through my prayer time, is just send a text. I haven't prayed, prayed for you today. If you're like me, you probably retyped the test like, text like six times to make sure you said it correctly, and then you were nervous about sending it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, I heard somebody say recently that they were hesitant to do that because they felt like they were bragging in some way by remembering they were praying for them. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it. Um, I don't know that I fought that battle, but just knowing how much it means to people, um, you know, and my heart is not bragging or you know not proud in that i remember to pray for him or any, any have you heard that i yeah uh, so in passing i've heard that it was boasting or or bragging that someone would say hey man i just want to let you know i'm praying for you um but i, I agree i think it's it's could be further from the truth i mean that's mm-hmm. that's an encouraging moment um and probably the person that said it just uh didn't quite understand what the principle yeah. behind it was. Yeah. You know, the I think, love behind it. I think people that know our heart, they're going to know where that's coming from. Right. So, all right. Let's talk some other ways that, that we can uh, see people in our group. Um, call them by name is something that's really important. People like hearing their name. And I confess, I've got a lot of room to grow here. <laughs> you know, um, I don't tend to use people's names, but I'm working on that. And, um, you know, our executive pastor here, Dennis Blythe, challenged our staff to use names. Um, you know, it's important. It's an important part of connection. So I, I think that's a, that's a good idea. So I'm, I'm working on growing in that area. So explain this a little. So you mean like in your prayers, calling them by name or? No, I, I just mean, uh, when we're greeting people instead of just, Oh, Oh, hey, sorry. Hey, hey man, how's it going? <laughs> uh, say, um, Hey Chris, how are you doing? You gotcha. know, using your name. So, uh, yeah, we moved on from the prayers after that not clear transition there, but <laughs> no, yeah, ways, <laughs> yeah, talking about ways, um, you know, so people in my group, if I'll just uh, use their name, you know, when I'm yeah. when I'm talking to them, I, I think that's uh, that's important. You know, and sometimes here at Brook Hills, um, 
there are people that that come up and they'll introduce themselves and um, and that's good you know to make sure people know our name so um, that's that a good, good habit to get in as well you know some other ways we can see people um, thing I've done before go to a kids sports event soccer game something sure. like that that tells people wow he cares about our family mm-hmm. you know so much so he wants to see the world we live in you know Absolutely. And, and that type of thing and um, you know one of the things I jotted down was uh, stop by and see their new house and um, when I was new here at Brook Hills uh, the guy I'm now co-leading with I told him about our house and he and his wife came by on a Sunday afternoon and um, you know I, I, it just meant a lot to me that he cared about where we lived and our house and that type thing and so um it, you know our life mattered to him so that that was good um you know one thing you know checking on somebody after a storm uh, mm-hmm. just to make sure sure they're safe um uh go do something for them that's needed ever ever so often we as a leader might find out about a need somebody has in our group and maybe it's something we can do or Maybe we can connect somebody in the group that has that skill, you know, to fix a lawnmower or to or paint, a, fence or, paint a house, do a repair, yep. whatever. You know, those are some things that are that are good. I think a, a really good one um, that we've kind of touched on already, um, just tell them you love them. Yeah. Just being willing to do it. Yep. So true. One of the things, uh, you know, as we move toward closing this uh, episode is just uh, realizing we get joy when we see other people and their heart is touched, you know, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. we get joy when we bring other people joy. So um, I just want you to remember that when we're, when we're part of the flow of love that's ultimately from God into other people's lives, we get blessed by de- being a conduit of his love. So I don't want us to forget that. And um, Chris, again, as we are coming out of COVID, you know, we have a chance for a fresh start, a reconnect, um, I don't think there's going to be one certain Sunday or one certain week that we all announce, hey, COVID is over. You know, <laughs> I think it's just going to gradually. Wish there was. Yeah, <laughs> wish it was already. Yeah. You know, um, but people are going to be trickled back in. But, um, you know, just go ahead and consider this, starting now, a fresh start. And let's see people, um, you know, particularly those we haven't seen in a while. Um, let's reach out to those we haven't seen and, um, you know, express our love to them in some way. So here's my challenge for us this week. I I love to do this in my small groups, and I want to reflect that on on the podcast as well. Um, For small group leaders, and that's who this podcast is is for, pray through your roster, or some churches might call it a role, but pray through your roster, and also think of ways that you can see each person. You know, what's a need that you can meet in people's lives, be it praying for them, giving them a call if you haven't heard from them a while, following up on a prayer request. But um, but just go through your roster and think of ways that you can see each person. Well, that's all for this episode of the Great Groups Podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. Also, visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples. And that's the point of great groups. Make disciples.